0: As I may, I can never explain what I hear when you don't say a fact. The smile on your face lets me know that
1: you need me. There's a truth in your eyes saying you'll never leave me. The touch of your hand says you can
0: Thank you, Roman Keating, for that introduction. <laughs> Welcome, guys, to another edition of Wise Words with Stan. Today I'll be having Isabel on my show as a guest on my show. If, for those of you who don't know Isabel, um, she's my best friend's girlfriend. So my best friend, John, who's been on my podcast before, his girlfriend will be on the show talking to us about her side of, her side of the relationship with John so and we dive into other topics as well also I want to say happy Mardi Gras weekend to everybody and for those who are celebrating it hope you guys have a fantastic weekend um so yeah let's dive straight into it hello Isabel
1: hey Dan how are you
0: hey good good welcome to my show
1: thank you for having me
0: anytime my pleasure it's been a while since you've been on the show actually (laughs) yeah
1: it's been a while
0: yeah how's your week going
1: yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, busy with work as always.
0: Yeah. Um, happy birthday as well, by the way. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Um, yeah, what did you get up to for your birthday? Anything in particular? Uh,
1: nothing much. On my actual birthday, I just had dinner with my parents and now today, uh, John and I are going to go out for dinner.
0: Oh, nice. he taking you.
1: Uh, Watson's Bay. I am not too sure the restaurant that he's taking me, but I, he showed it to me a few weeks ago when he went to book it, but I forgot the name, but it's in Watson's Bay.
0: Wow. Sounds like a beautiful location.
1: Yeah. It's really nice there.
0: Yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, yeah. So you, um, so is there anything you wanted to talk about in particular today on my podcast?
1: Um, I don't know. Really?
0: Um, Let's let's talk. We can talk a little bit about you and John. How you guys have been? I think it's been nearly two years now. You guys have been in a relationship. Yeah, it'll
1: be coming up to two years in April.
0: Wow, has time gone quick for you?
1: Yeah, too quick. Way too quick.
0: Wow. Um. Wow. Um. Tell us, like, tell us, you know, how you and John met and everything like that, and how it came. came about
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so um, John and I actually met online and at the time uh, I joined Hinge with very little hope I really did not have much hope with online dating if you speak to any of my friends from school I was always very negative about online dating because you just hear a lot of bad press and a lot of Some not so nice things about certain online dating apps and then you hear like there's a risk because you don't know who's actually on there. So I was really against it. But after I broke up with my ex, I had some time to myself and I just thought, you know what, let's just give it a go. And oddly enough, I was on BuzzFeed and one of the dating apps that this person was reviewing was Hinge. And I thought, eh, might give it a go. Um, started looking, I spoke to maybe a couple of guys here and there, but nothing was really sparking, nothing was really catching my interest. And one day I saw John's profile and I actually got really, really excited from when I was reading his profile and I I said to myself, oh my gosh, this guy is like me, but he's a male version of me. So I, I think I either liked a picture or I commented, I cannot remember what I did, and what? I remember praying that I really hope that this guy talks to me.
0: What stood out to you when you looked at his profile?
1: Um, like I said, like, he's everything like I am. Like, he likes to spend time with his family, spend time with friends, going out to different, like, locations and and all that. And I thought that's what I'm really into because I've been doing that all my life where I've gone out with family, been out with friends, going to different locations ar- around around Sydney and all that. And um. And also been to like Queensland and Melbourne. So for me, it, it just seemed like we seemed really compatible. And he was the one that I thought I was really hoping to talk to. And I think a day or two went by and he did. He messaged me and we started talking. And I remember I used to say to my former colleagues that I was really excited. Every time John would message me, I was, I was actually feeling really excited to talk to him. When another person would, would message me, I was like, oh, okay, you're messaging me, but Jump was, I don't know, you could say it was like a love of first sight or something. I don't know. It, this is like something out of like a comic book or something. Every time John would message, I was always excited. I was always really, really excited.
0: You continue to have butterflies in your stomach.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was really nervous. and But at the same time, I was also a little bit scared because, you know, it seemed like it was too good to be true. You know what I mean? And that's what scared me a little bit because I was, like, making sure that John was, like, a legit person. And I went on Facebook to see if he was legit, and he seemed legit. So I thought, okay, so I know it's definitely not one of those scams. It's not one of those people who say they're this, but they're not. So I thought, okay, it's, it's a good sign. And then I think about... A week or so after we started talking, um, I actually, we, we said that we liked each other just from talking. And I know there's going to be people out there who's going to say, you know, that's not, that's not a good sign. I know, believe you me, I'm, I'm saying this as well. Like I, that was a really not a good sign to say that you like somebody and yet you hadn't met them yet. And then one day I said to John, via I think we were on Facebook at the time because by then we had we had accepted each other on Facebook. I messaged him one day, um, one day after work when I was waiting for my parents to pick me up. I said to him, just like, and I was freaking out. I was so scared. I thought, oh my God, I haven't met this guy yet. And I'm asking him, does he... Love me, and he hasn't even met me yet. <laughs> and I was like, going, Oh my god, how do I delete? How do I delete this message? Because I was so scared.
0: <laughs> so, you accidentally messaged him. Back.
1: No, I, I messaged him and I thought, You know what? What have I got to lose? Because I could tell there was something there, and I could tell that there was something there. And um, yeah, it was, I was really scared because it's like, Oh my god, Bill, what have you done? What have you done? And then he messaged back saying do you love me? And I stupidly said, yes. And then he (laughs) said, I love you too. And I went, Holy crap. What have I done? Cause I was worried that, you know, it turns out John was a fake or something, you know what I mean? Like I was so nervous. And then,
0: and that was before you met each other. Yes.
1: Yeah. Remember I was before I met him. So if anyone out there who wants to do online dating, don't do what I did. Cause it's not going to happen to everybody. I, promise you this does not happen to everybody you think John and i were friends before we got together like no we were just two complete strangers and this all happened and then
0: and for you to say um you love someone before you met them and obviously you weren't only speaking to john at the time but you're speaking to other guys what comforted you when what like what made you have feel butterflies in your stomach when you were like speaking to john online
1: it was more like he seemed too good to be true. You know what I mean? Like you see, like you hear lots of um, people who go out on these dates with some people online turned out they're fake. And that was my biggest worry. And and I think also I was still a little bit hurt from my partner, my ex-partner, sorry. And um, I was like, you know, don't have too much hope. Don't have too much hope because my friend who who found somebody online through another uh, dating app said you might meet a few, like, duds, as, as I would say because she used a different word, before you find the right person. And um, I spoke to a few guys, but that connection was not there. But John yeah. had that for some reason, and I cannot explain it. When I first saw John's profile, that connection just hit me hard. And I don't know if it was because either I liked the profile or the way he was. I don't know what it was, but it just got me. So, you
0: feel like when you saw his photo, like you knew him?
1: Yeah, I've it's like, yeah, it was like we had been friends for such a long time and then we started dating, but it's not that was not the case. It was two complete random strangers just meeting and we both got hit quite hard with this emotion of this person seems to be a good connection with me. And that's how I felt with John. I felt like I had a really good connection with him, even though I hadn't met him yet.
0: You know what my theory is? Mm. I think it's a spiritual connection.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think think, it was like fate or something. Yeah, that
0: just brought you guys together. And like instantly when you saw his profile and you started chatting to him and when he started chatting to you, like that deep connection within your souls just clicked. Mm. And you just knew something was going to, something positive was just going to come out of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, then there was the going on the date. So my parents came with me and oh Lord, this is so embarrassing. So my parents and I went to Darling Harbour and, um, I was running a little bit late because there was an incident on one of the major roads here. And, um, We missed that tram, so we had to wait about 10 minutes for the next tram. So I messaged John saying, I am coming, I'm just going to be a little bit late. So we finally got there, and I said to him, I'll wait for you where the ferris wheel was because at the time there was a massive ferris wheel there in Darling Harbor. And then when we got there, it was gone. So I said, Oh, I'll still meet you there where it was. Anyway, I was a little bit nervous, you know, because you know I'm gonna meet this random person for the first time ever. I already said that I liked him and I loved him, and I haven't even met <laughs> you yet. So I'm like, please don't be a please don't be one of those catfish people. Please don't let it be a fake. And <laughs> please don't please
0: don't let it be an 85
1: year old man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I'm like, please don't be like some like some old guy who's pretending to be John. I'm like, please, 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 please. Anyway. And then I see this man come walking up from uh, where the IMAX area was. comes up, 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 and I could see this guy walking. And I kid you not, I could tell by his outlet, I'm like, that's John. So I started walking up to him. (laughs) Again, I didn't know the guy, I didn't meet him, but... It's like I knew him for so long. (laughs) It's so weird. Anyway, we hugged. He gave me this really nice necklace and then we started chit-chatting and we went to, um, I think it was Nick's Seafood, I believe it was, and we went there for lunch. And then we started talking to each other, getting to understand each other a little bit more. He paid for lunch, which was very nice of him. And then we were talking and we were walking side by side. and then. I don't know. I just thought, just hold his hand. So I just swung my arm up and I grabbed him by the hand, and I was holding his hand. And um,
0: wow.
1: Yeah. And I'm thinking, what have I done? And I caught him <laughs> off by surprise, which you know you don't normally do on the first date. People, if you're gonna do this, don't do it on the first date. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep, Let me just yep. reinstate <laughs> this. This does not happen to everybody. Then yeah. we went to um the gelatissimo place to get some ice cream and we were standing in line and I suddenly had the urge to give him a kiss on the cheek and I just did it, caught him off again by surprise and then we had ice cream and then we decided to, you know what, since we had that strong connection, we ended up having our first kiss on the first date
0: wow.
1: again we did not know each other, so please, <laughs> other, like, please
0: yeah. don't.
1: This is all against the rule book of when you meet someone for the first day for the first time. All the rules like all, all the rules were thrown out that day, let me just tell you. <laughs> all the rules were broken that day and you know what? Do you know when you
0: go on a TV show, um, like the, um, a dating TV show, like The Bachelor in Paradise and stuff? Mm. Did it feel like one of those moments?
1: I don't really watch it, but I've seen snippets of it. And you know what? It kind of does. It really does. Except you don't have, you know, instead of seeing all the bachelors and then you pick the one that you want, this is like, I'm going by a profile and I'm picking the one that I want. So yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like, Everything every everything in the rule book just went out the door that day. It and yeah and I say to people who I've I've been talking to people who who consider online day and I've tell them the story and they go, How'd you get so lucky? I go, I honestly do not know, but I can tell you that not every person will be like me and John. You will have to maybe go on a few dates before a connection comes, or maybe you go, you know what, this person just doesn't seem like we match or whatever reasons that you two don't work out and that's okay not everyone will be like me and John where it was like love at first sight
0: and apparently John even got you a gift on the first day
1: yeah yeah he got me a Pandora necklace with um two hearts with a crown on top of it and I never take it off I rarely take it off unless I like I have a shower or I go to the beach but I refuse to take it off and I refuse to um like swap necklaces so if I'm going out uh, like for some special occasion I really don't like taking it off I find that necklace is just too special to me I always wear it every day even when I'm working because I work in childcare and the kids grab it I'm always being mindful that that this is too special and sometimes when the kids pull on a bit too hard I go please don't break that this. this is special to me please don't break it
0: so he got you a Pandora necklace before he even met you? Yeah. yeah. How much was it?
1: Oh, I wouldn't have a clue. But Pandora, I know are pretty good, but I wouldn't have a clue how much he would have spent it on me.
0: How much would you estimate? Um,
1: Maybe around $200. Wow.
0: Well, did you guys like chat on the phone and stuff before you met as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So we were always talking via first via Hinge, but then I think – I think I started having issues where where my messages wouldn't come through or something, so then we just moved over to Facebook uh, Messenger.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. Wow, so it, it was indeed love at first sight. Yeah,
1: yeah, and again, this doesn't happen to everybody, and please stick to the rule book. Don't do what I did and throw it out the door. <laughs> yeah. Please stick to the rule book, please, because you just don't know. There could be people out there who could just be – you know, it could be phonies, it could be scammers, and you just and, don't know. And always bring someone with you. Always bring somebody with you.
0: Yeah, better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, yeah,
1: because believe it or not, because John was, as you know, is very into his football, and that day we, my team, the Bulldogs, were playing, and he goes, let's go to the star. And I went, yeah, okay. I didn't tell him that my parents were at the star. So we actually... Bumped into each other, and I was like, Oh no. And then after we said hello and everything, as we walked so away, he met your parents, yeah, he met he my met parents, parents on the first day. that day, yeah. And I went, Wow, I went, oh no. And then I told John the truth I said, Look, I have to tell you, they actually, I actually knew they were here, they were here because you know, I'm the only child. They want to make sure I was safe. And he goes, oh, that's so sweet of them. That's so nice. And, and he goes, because he goes, oh, did you think I was one of those phonies? I said, well, yeah. And he goes, oh, I understand. It's all good. It's all good. And that was the biggest relief. Like he understood the reason why I had my parents there because um, they were available and my friends were not available at the time. And I thought better have my parents because at least that way, if something were to happen, I can just – quickly get out and go with nothing left to lose you know what i mean yeah. so yeah and then we and then the four of us were watching the dogs play i think we we're playing storm and i can't remember if we won or not but wow. that and so yeah watched,
0: so on the first day you had your first kiss you watched your first footy match and you met your parents yeah yeah <laughs> how embarrassing and you went out to lunch and dessert. sorry yeah wow. and and Plus, on top of that, you guys went to lunch and dessert mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was such a gentleman, paid for kids.
1: everything. That's even though I asked, do you want me to pay? He goes, no, 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 I'll pay. He paid for everything? Yeah, he paid for everything that day, the The food, the dessert. I offered to pay for my share of the ice cream and, the, and my portion of lunch, but he goes, no, 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 my shout. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Well, he's only being a gentleman.
1: Yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. He's always been a gentleman. He's. He, I someone's calling you such Mister Cheese because sometimes he's so cheesy.
0: <laughs> and um, in your past relationships, when when you've been out on a first date with the guys that you've been with before, was it ever like this?
1: Uh, before John, there was only one other person, and. Um... We were friends because um, we met at TAFE when I was studying my vet nursing course. And um, actually, ironically, I met him actually before at Toronto Zoo because they had a school holiday program. And he and I met one day and we were just chatting and I was asking him about uni and stuff like that. And then we hadn't seen each other until now four years ago. Yeah, about four years ago where we met at TAFE again. Um, and we were friends and then he plucked up the courage to ask me out on a date. And I was like, Yeah, um, it's been so long. I forgot where our first date was. How
0: long how long were you guys friends before you went to that next stage? Um
1: started in February, March, April, May, June, July. Four months. We were friends for four months before we decided to date.
0: Oh, nice. So that was, like, a whole different process compared to John.
1: Yeah, yeah, because we were friends and – um,
0: It just formed into something. Yeah, more.
1: it did. It did.
0: Wow, wow. That's interesting. And um, so two years later, you guys have your, like, promise rings as well. Mm. What is – Um, what does the promise ring symbolise to you for those who don't know what it is? Well,
1: to be honest, I never heard of a promise ring either. It wasn't until John explained it to me what it was. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a clue what it was. But after he explained it to me, A promise ring means you're committed to that person. You are dedicated to be with that person, to love, support, and be there for that person. You will do no harm to that person. You're not going to go out of your way to do anything that could deliberately hurt that person. You will try to be there all the time for that person and always try and, and make them smile, make them happy and um yeah that that to me is what a promise ring is
0: wow, wow, so what you and John have obviously is a very powerful connection mm. and yeah wow, so um your goals for this year twenty twenty one what are you hoping to accomplish
1: um, at the moment um just to focus on my health um I'm hoping to join a gym maybe one day or buy like some equipment for me to do the workout at home um cuz um i'm just i'm just going for a few things at the moment uh what else um currently in the process of moving houses so it'd be nice to get a nice house in the, in hopefully for the next few months if my dad finishes uh, fixing up the the rooms and everything um Hopefully, maybe be, be a better um, leader because at the moment I'm trying to become like a team leader in my in my work, I guess you could say. And um, I just finished my studies with childcare, so I'm now just learning the ropes. I'm hoping to be the best room leader I can be.
0: Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, and I think you'll make a great room leader. Actually,
1: yeah, yeah. you've got the potential to
0: to really, you know, like go far in your career yeah, as a top.
1: Yeah, I hope so because I was never really was considered a leader. Like, if you said, "Are you the are you the shepherd or the sheep?" I would always be the sheep. Like, I would rather just follow the instructions rather than lead. And um, sometimes when I lead, I get really nervous because. Either people just don't listen to you or they don't take you seriously. And I think that's what really puts me off being a leader. So to be told that I just finished – I just graduated from my diploma and then to be told, yeah, you're going to be now the leader of a room, it's like, what? Okay. Uh,
0: So that's that's like – Straight into it. Yeah, um, yeah, and I've always yeah, and I've always like been honest.
1: I was always honest to my boss, saying that I really don't have the experience of a room leader. And she and she told me that it's alright. That you know we're going to train you, and um, we'll help you become the best room leader you can be. And I was really appreciative of that.
0: Why do you think they threw you into the deep end like that?
1: To be honest, <laughs> I've always been thrown into the deep end of things, <laughs> far out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I've, I've always seemed to be thrown in deep end. When I first studied my, um, my childcare, I was thrown into the deep end by going to the preschool side, which for those who don't know, it means, you know, you got the three to fives, you got to get them ready for school, you know, doing their letters, their numbers, recognizing their names and stuff like that. So, Mind you, it's like swimming, you know, you you just got your floaties, supporters on and you'll be told you're going to go out in the deepest end of the pool. And it's like, what? I I can barely float. You know what I mean? It's basically what that was. I was just thrown in the deep end and yeah, and then I built my confidence up, but then my boss at the time, at that centre I was working at, said, I shouldn't have put you there. I'm so sorry. And then she moved me into the toddlers, which is the two to three age group, which was good because that's where I felt really, really comfortable. So I think also having that diploma also helps because the diploma actually has the certain units that makes you a leader and it gives you like the management skills and all that. And it's one thing to know the theory, it's another thing to do with the practice. So, yeah, so I think they, people when they see diploma, they, th- they probably saw it and go, oh, yeah, this person can do room leader. But it's like, yeah, I can try, but that doesn't mean that I'll be a good room leader. You know, not every diploma person is a room leader. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you, like you know, like you would know, like you work in childcare, so you know that not every diploma person would be a room leader.
0: No, it's no, it's just how you, um, it's just how how like much work you're willing to commit to, and you know, if you are a responsible person and you've had that experience under your belt, um, and you've you know been in the childcare industry for a certain amount of years. Then obviously you are like that. You are qualified enough to become a room leader, but like probably not everyone. Not everyone probably has that certain. What's the word I'm looking
1: for? Not um, everyone is a, is a born leader. Like, I...
0: not everyone's a, not everyone's a born leader, and yeah, yeah, um, and that's perfectly understandable. But I think having that diploma, having that qualification helps if you want to, you know, if you want to get fired, if you want to get, get fired in your career as a childcare worker, for sure.
1: Mm, definitely, definitely. And also with that diploma also means that you can also be the director, which is like the boss of the of the centre. So, yeah. you know, my parents were always saying, you know, one day you could be, but I'm thinking no way. But at the moment, I'm thinking no way. But, you know, it's maybe in a couple of years time, maybe, but at the moment, not really. I I really don't see myself being a center director at this current point in time.
0: Yeah, I guess you know when you're ready um, to take that next step, then you know. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was gonna ask you as well. What? What? When you when you're working with children, what makes what what why do you enjoy working with children? I
1: should say. Um, <laughs> it um it all began actually in year eleven because uh, my school said that we had to do forty hours of um, uh, I guess you could say community service. They called it no hands but mine, which is basically like community service, and one of them one of them they suggested was working at this childcare nearby, so I thought, why well, not give it a go and. I was there and I really really enjoyed it and it was fun being with the kids watching them interact with each other play with their toys be there when for lunch and the afternoon teas and everything it was great and I and my parents were was always saying you know we could see you having that passion we can see that you um really enjoyed being with the kids so they said you know you should give childcare a go and I at the time, I was really adamant on being a vet nurse, so I thought, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll focus on my vet nursing career first. However, that didn't work out so well. After me completing the course and giving my vet clinic a go, I said, you know what, this isn't for me. So then I went and said, you know what, I'll give childcare a go. And yeah, I, impl- I applied to do a traineeship and. I couldn't do the set three because of my set four for some reason. Don't know the full ins and outs. It was something that I was just told. And they said that you had to do the diploma. And I said, Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't I was a little bit hesitant at first, but my dad's like, you you, you should do it. It's no it's not, not a big deal. It's no difference. So I said, okay. So I did it. I did my diploma for two and a half years and i really enjoyed being with the kids being there to just um support them and for those who think oh yeah childcare is easy you know you just watch the kids eat and play it's far it's far it's Definitely far from it like dan you can contest to nah, this nah, it's nah. far from it you yeah. got to do like nah, there's nah. a reason why we do these these experiences there's a reason why we 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 are there we're there to support your child learn and develop and to build their skills and to support the families and to support the children and it's great to see them reach certain milestones from watching them walk to watching them talk to watching them you know hold a pencil it's it's just amazing
0: it's, it's it's about being there through their milestones and having that satisfaction of being a part of those important moments in a child's life that makes everything worthwhile, wow. like to me, why I got into the industry was due to that reason like i want to be i want to, I want to be an important factor into a young person's life. I want to help them grow, I want to help them learn, I want to help them become the best version. well, kids at that age are still finding themselves mm. as you know, and like you want to play a huge role. Um, in their life, in helping them shape them to become the person that they one day will become. Yeah, yeah.
1: And they say the first few years of a child's life is critical, and it's true. You see it. You see them the way they, the way they interact with each other. You help guide them and support them, and to just show them that what is um, what is the best way to interact with each other. You know, seeing those boundaries to, to showing them that. You know, when they see two children having a bit of a disagreement over a toy, you know, you're teaching them that that it's okay to wait. It's okay to play with something else while you wait. It's okay to share. Otherwise, they don't understand because children don't understand the con- those concepts, and that's why we are there as their secondary carers, as as we say in the industry, to help them understand that we are here to help them.
0: Yeah, exactly right. You know, I couldn't have said that better myself, Isabel. Um, okay, so changing the topic a little bit, um, going back to yourself now, I know this is a topic that you've wanted to talk about mm-hmm. as well. You were, um, speaking of kids and speaking of babies, you were a premature mm-hmm.
1: baby. Would you like to have a guess of how much of a premature I am?
0: Uh Two or three
1: no, no, you're f- so far from it. <laughs> how yep. far from it? How I was three, early, months early? Would
0: you say? three months early. Yeah. Three months early. Wow. Yes. Yeah.
1: So what happened was, um, believe it or not, my mum was telling me this story one day and it surprises me like how much she has gone through. God bless my mum and dad because they've gone through so much. They were out fishing and my mum wasn't feeling too great. And because she was pregnant with me at the time, she was worried. So went to the doctor. Turned out she had preeclampsia, which for those who don't know, preeclampsia is um, high blood pressure that women get um, when they are about 20 weeks pregnant. So when she went and got herself checked out, they rushed to the hospital because her blood pressure was so high. She was telling me that the doctor had asked her, are you seeing stars? And my mom goes, no, why? And the doctor goes, because your blood pressure is so high, you should be seeing stars. And as a result of the blood pressure being high, her body started to started to protect itself. So her body went into, I guess you could say, to survival mode. So it started protecting the brain, the heart, and the lungs. However, it was meant that I wasn't getting, you know, the nutrients or the support. So my the doctors were like, you know, we need to get the child out. And my mum was hoping to go full term, but they said that either I won't survive or... My mom and I won't survive, so they had the dilemma of what to do. So they said, "Let's get her out." So they waited a little while. I think she told me I came out at twenty-six weeks. I think she. I remember she was saying that. So at twenty-six weeks, they they did the cesarean on my mom, and they got me out. And if you put, if you want to have roughly how big I was, you put your two hands together. You put your two palms together that's how big I was. And I remember reading, I remember reading like they weighed me. It's, I was just under a kilo. I was just under a kilo at the time. And they put me into that little like community crib box. I think it is called, I think that's what it's called. And I was in hospital for 10 weeks. I think my parents were telling me 10 weeks. So I had everything. I had breathing tubes, feeding tubes, monitors, everything. And the doctors were monitoring me at the time because, mind you, this is going back 25 years. So the technology back then is not the same as it is today. So doctors were monitoring me. Um, I was such a regular that when they were going to pull my breathing tube out, I had already done it. So I just pulled it out. (laughs) So yeah, and actually my dad was telling me I was such a kicker, even when, when my mom was pregnant. She, he goes, you used to kick. And unfortunately, when I came out, I decided to give this poor junior nurse a kick when she was trying to cut my um, umbilical cord. And I kicked her and the scalpel accidentally cut her. And I felt so oh bad when my dad. dad told me that. I thought, oops, <laughs> she's probably not going to be happy with me. So, yeah, so I was in the humidity crib, um... Unfortunately, my mom um, could not breastfeed me. Her her body had not produced the hormones and the levels to say that you need to breastfeed. So unfortunately, there wasn't any milk for me to have. So I had like a formula, I guess, and they had to tube feed me through the tube. And then eventually that came out and I was in there for 10 weeks and and then I was able to come home. And I was so small that even clothes, because at the time, Premier kids didn't really have many clothes, according to my parents. Like, I was a triple, I think I was like a trip, uh, quadruple zero, I think I was. And I would not fit. I would not fit in those clothes. I was too small for those types of clothes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then I asked them once, I said, oh, how come I don't have a brother or a sister? and they said well you were supposed to because my parents always wanted to have two kids yeah. but when they spoke to my gp he said look be thankful with the one because for her for her to come out 3 months with very very little health defects as as a result because of me being born early um i only got uh what's it called um bronchial asthma because apparently what happened was when they were feeding something happened where I accidentally inhaled the, the milk formula into my lungs and that caused my lungs because they were not developed at the time caused my lungs to react and then as a result now I get bronchial asthma when I'm like really really sick or if you make me do like a marathon um, and they said look be thankful with the one Because with number two, my mum would have had to stay in hospital for the whole pregnancy, and um, there was also no guarantee that baby number two would have um, been the same as me. Yeah, it could have been better, could have been worse. We just weren't sure. And um, they said, my mum and dad said, "We're not putting, we're not going to do it. It's just not worth the risk." So. It's the reason why I'm an only child. So, what,
0: um, Going back to the condition you have now, what was it called? Uh,
1: bronchial asthma. So, like, you know how you, um, you hear some children say or some adults will say, I've got asthma and they've got an asthma plan? Yeah. I don't have a plan because my asthma is so low. You could say that you only need the the Ventolin puffer just for when I'm really, really sick because you can hear my lung get all wheezy. Yeah. Or if you make me do like a massive exercise, like a marathon or something, like you will hear me get wheezy. Yeah. Um, swimming, if I do too much swimming, um, I can get a little bit um, tired and then you can actually hear me starting to wheeze. Um, otherwise, um, yeah, so I was fortunate enough to walk away when I came out, I had I had blood clots, I had one on my eye, uh, one in my ear and then two on my, on my bottom. So, um, and because at the time they were trying out these new things, they actually did this, um, seaweed patch thing and they said that they wanted to see if it worked on the blood clots on my, on my bottom and it worked, um. The one on my eye took a little while to go away, but the one on my ear took years to, to go. Because I remember at school, people were always asking me, you know, what's in your ear? Why is your ear, inside your ear purple? What's, what's in your ear? And, um, and I would say it's, it's, it's just a blood clot. Yeah. Because um, unfortunately, I had blood clot in, in my ear, which I think it, I didn't think it went away until I was about 10. It was a long time before it went away.
0: Wow. that That is a long time, actually.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So wow, so you've, so yeah. Thank you for sharing your story about that. that, that, you're that that's that's i opened that to myself, um, because I did not know that you were a premature baby at, at all. So yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah, wow, yeah, that is a very interesting story. So, um, I guess changing the topic a little bit again now. Um, where do you see yourself in five years' time? Ooh, uh, I'll, I'll finish off on that note. Where do you see yourself in five years' time?
1: <laughs> oh, well, hopefully in five years' time, John and I would be living together and with the rings on the other hand, Hopefully, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully by then I would definitely be a a good room leader for, um, the, for the, for in childcare. Um, and I'm not too sure, but
0: have maybe. Have you and John spoken a lot about marriage?
1: Yeah, he, he's re- like, I can see us doing it. Like I, I can see it happening, but I think the problem is that John gets too excited and he's already spoiled when he was going to do it. And I told him that you know you have to pick a different time because you're not meant to tell me that. I think he gets too excited and it's like, yeah. why are you spoiling it? Did, you're just did, spoiling did you hear it now. The,
0: uh, last podcast that uh, when John was on what he said? Yeah, yeah, okay. I heard it. Oh, okay, about him wanting to propose to you by the end of this year? <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. And then he gave me a month and I said, now you're going to have to pick up a different month because yeah, you just ruined the surprise. You're going to have to pick a
0: different <laughs> – Yeah, you gave it away. He's, it he's away.
1: too excited. He gets, he gets too excited and then he just wants to tell the world and it's like, yeah, you just ruined the moment. Now you have to pick a different time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I found that pretty – I was pretty shocked myself when he came onto the show and just – said that (laughs) knowing (laughs) that you listen to the podcast as well (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah wow but no I'm really happy for you Isabel it's good to see that you are in a good place in your life and that you have overcome a lot especially in your younger years but it's made you the person in who you are today um so yeah so yeah um Um, I should just I should say to you once again happy birthday how old are you now
1: 25
0: 25 years young Uh, so you're a quarter you've lived a quarter of your life
1: (laughs) yeah yeah, quarter of a century yeah
0: do you feel old at all or not
1: Mm, no, because the joke is because I was born three months early. Cause I should have been born in May. I don't really turn twenty five until May. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah, like I even my parents would notice. They say they they would say to me every time your birthday rolled around, you actually didn't like reach that milestone until May. They noticed that like a change around May because even at school I was struggling at school. And my teachers were noticing that in terms one and two, I was struggle, but then time come three and four i was and I was getting it yeah. and that 's why also my parents also had to make me repeat a year. I had to repeat you two because they said that um we that you know we can 't keep doing this, she can 't just keep struggling for the first two terms, and then past terms 3 and 4 she needs to it's probably best for her to repeat and whilst I wasn't too happy about it because all my friends were a year above me and so was my cousin because my cousin and I both started school at the same time um as much as I didn't like it it was for the better and it really was I I I did really well academically I'm no I'm no like uh like I wasn't top of the class in everything but I did pretty well f- Considering, Considering everything.
0: Considering everything. Wow. Just goes yeah. to show, you know, if you put your mind, um, if you put work into something, anything's possible.
1: Uh, hey, hey, my parents oh, are okay. home. Uh, well, that's
0: <laughs> our cue to end the show. Thank you, Isabel, for coming on once again.
1: No worries. Thank, thank you. you. For
0: sharing us, um, sharing sharing your personal life with everyone it's um, it's interesting to hear your story
1: yeah no worries thank you for having me welcome
0: um have a good birthday happy birthday hope john spoils you tonight (laughs) yeah
1: yeah Yeah. i know he will i know he will
0: (laughs) i'm sure he will okay um see ya have have a good one everyone and thank you for listening to another edition of wise birth with stan see ya
1: bye